Our gospel lesson comes to us this morning from the book of Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. And these are holy words, so I invite you to listen. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and he said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. And when he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham and Sarah, who Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said all of this, his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our children are dismissed for children's worship. That's a lot of children today. (laughs) A woman has been bent over at her waist for 18 long years. One of my favorite preachers of all time is Barbara Lundblad. In a sermon that she preached on this text a few years ago, she describes that this woman had grown accustomed to looking at people's feet. After 18 years of being bent down, she could recognize people by their bunions. Can you imagine? Bent at the waist, unable to stand up straight, unable to take up much space, unable to look someone in the eye as you speak to them, people talking over you or ignoring you or staring at you, all while you are stuck looking downward or just to the side. Indeed, she recognized people by their bunions. I wonder if while she was bent down, she listened to music. Raise your hand, please, if you know and love Beyonce. (laughs) Okay, there's quite a few of you. She is the one and only pop star, cultural icon, diva who blesses the entire world with her musical art. Three years ago, when she released her chart-topping album, Lemonade, Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar, a famous rapper, made waves with their collaborative song, Freedom. Listen to these words that she dramatically sings from her soul. Freedom, freedom, I can't move. Freedom, cut me loose. Freedom, freedom, where are you? Because I need freedom too. As you can imagine, the world fell in love with this mix-up of hip-hop and rap poetry. And while reading this healing story this week, I wondered, does the bent-over woman in Jesus like Beyonce too? Surely. They have more in common than our 21st century world might realize. 
this unnamed, bent-over woman who lived in the first century, she knew about women getting pushed to the margins and distrusted and often neglected. And in this way, her ailment was not only about her physical impairment, but also about her marginalization and a spiritual ailment. Yet, this is not to gloss over her life as disabled. And neither is this a simple metaphor reducing the complexity of her lived experience to a mere example of a spiritual-only healing. I want to be careful to name that her appearance in the temple on the day of her healing was not on account of her piety or her quest for physical healing. But Jesus saw her a woman, victim to the limited cultural understandings of her day, and he reached out with a physical touch that set her free. There was no cure for her chronic condition. She was not there to ask for any favors, nor had she sinned that she was bent at the waist. Rather, she went to the temple to worship God on the Sabbath. There were not chains on her, nor was she tethered to a stall like an ox or a donkey, a comparison that Jesus later makes, but she was locked over by her own skeletal muscular system. Now, whether or not it was arthritis or some other ailment, the point is that if trapped to her visual worldview of about two square feet of dusty ground, she couldn't move well. So hear Beyonce's words again. Freedom, freedom, I can't move. Freedom, cut me loose. Freedom, freedom, where are you? Because I need freedom too. Isn't it fun to imagine Jesus singing this? Walking along the road, hollering out to Zacchaeus, Freedom, my brother, you can come down from that tree. Honoring the hemorrhaging woman. Freedom, you are set loose. Setting free Nicodemus in the night, even a ballad for himself in those more dire moments of ministry of his humanity. Freedom, freedom, I can't move. Freedom, cut me loose. I need freedom too. I think one of the reasons the song topped the charts for so long is that it is a song we all need to sing for ourselves, for our friends, and for our world. Who of us does not long for freedom? While not all of us have chronic illness that connects us to a chair or a walker or a bend in the waist or a different way of physically being in the world, we all have things that keep us up in the night or make our shoulders sag at different times, or give us headaches from clenched jaws, or leave us wondering if recovery can be sustained for the long haul. And again, not that we who are abled have understanding of those who are disabled, yet we know for all of us, stress, anxiety, and other health concerns make it moving difficult, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I don't think you need me to make a list of all the ailments that socially tie us down or bend us over, especially in our contemporary political and social climate. So what then of this story about a simple woman resigned to a life of shortened stature who suddenly gets to stand tall? A voice calls out to her from feet she does not recognize. A visiting prophet to the synagogue this day. Woman, the prophet says, you are set free from your ailment. And Jesus lays his hands on her, and immediately she stands up straight and begins praising God. In high school, my fundamentalist Christianity created an unhealthy perfectionism that meant I was always striving for straight A's, 
leading all the extracurriculars and working to shine in the youth group at church. When the pressure and the fatigue got to be too much for my 17-year-old self, an eating disorder subtly crept into daily patterns. Looking for a release valve, I nourished a strict relationship with food and my weight. Similar to addicts in other forms, there is no cure for an eating disorder, yet all the experts repeated that healing was possible. I never knew what they meant. Recently, as many of you know, my anorexia reared its head again through a series of difficult life events. I was bent over at the waist and I couldn't stand up straight. I struggled to see the beauty and the friendship that was the world around me. Freedom, freedom, I can't move. Freedom, cut me loose. Freedom, freedom, where are you? Because I need freedom too. After time at a residential treatment facility and an intensive outpatient program at a new and wonderful eating disorder center here in Louisville, combined with your generosity for my season away, the unending support of my close friends and family, and the wonderful care from my treatment providers, I slowly started to stand up again. It was painful and scary and slow-moving, and sometimes I bent back forward for a while. Late in my treatment, Tyler and two of my best friends, my therapist and I, had a funeral for my eating disorder. We laid to rest the harmful patterns that had secretly plagued me off and on for over 20 years. And during the service, as we shared together in a litany of release and affirmation, as I heard the words of blessing from those who love me dearly, I felt myself standing up straight again, cut loose from the bonds of insecurity and shame that the anorexia sought to hide and control. Together, my friends led a praise for new life when I still struggled to do it on my own as some days I still struggle. Let me tell you a little bit more about this song by Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar. This anthem is dedicated to black women. And throughout, Beyonce compares herself to a force of nature. Kendrick Lamar wraps empowerment to his own mother while calling out the evils of institutional racism. The oppression of black people in America is certainly another chronic condition. Just like now the immigration crisis, lack of gun control, trade wars, and economic deficits, and student loan mountains, even our rainforests are burning. Freedom, freedom, we can't move. Freedom, cut us loose. Freedom, freedom, where are you? Because we need freedom too. One commentary asks of this story, do we notice the suffering of others like Jesus? especially when it's easier to avoid it or look past it. This is the 400th anniversary of the start of slavery, when the first ship arrived from Africa. So race and racism is on our minds. And if you have not had a chance to see in the New York Times the 1619 Project in the magazine, check it out, especially those of you who are educators. It says this, it aims to reframe the country's history Understanding the year 1619 as our true founding and the place, the consequences of slavery and the contribution of black Americans at the very center of the story we tell ourselves about who we are. Then there are many of you who attended the Angela Project this past week to mark this anniversary. And from what you have reported back, the service was full of intense reckoning and powerful liturgy. And then there's this. 
In a speech that Angela Davis delivered in 2015 in St. Louis, Missouri, after the Ferguson uprising and the militarization of their police force, she articulates the need for a sophisticated vocabulary when it comes to talking about race. Here's what she declares. Those who assume that because slavery was legally abolished in the 19th century, it was thereby relegated to a dustbin of history, fail to recognize the extent to which cultural and structural elements of slavery are still with us. She goes on to articulate the prison industrial complex, how blacks struggle to have the right to vote and the right to jobs, education, housing, and health care, and all of these are daily challenges. In other words, just because slavery legally ended does not mean that African Americans are now free these some hundreds of years later. And we do well to remember that this chronic spiritual suffering from social ailments could be named for any marginalized group, like women around the globe or our LGBTQ siblings. The point is that any of us at any time could be the bent over woman. So I wonder, where do you suffer? Where do you see spiritual suffering in others who have a limited worldview or an aching back? So how wonderful then that we are not alone in this work. How like God to know that we need support and accountability for this business and healing of freedom. That even Jesus was not alone when the crowd started rejoicing. I was not alone at my funeral for my eating disorder. African Americans are not alone in their quest for liberation and reparation. There are so many organizations globally and here in Louisville that fight for the healing freedoms of all people. And even here at Highland, your ministry groups and our mission teams and your Bible studies, this is a way of you marking your work in this world, saying that we are together. We are about the healing liberation for the people of God. We are making efforts to see the suffering in ourselves and in others, and we want to invite people to find their healing and to stand up straight to see God's grace. Jesus saw the devotion of the bent-over woman, and while he didn't have a cure for her oppression, he had a healing miracle that simply couldn't wait. You could have waited one more day, Jesus, What's one more day for this woman to live bent over after 18 years? Then you would not have broken the law and healed on the Sabbath. And not only does Jesus defend the healing, he says that if they can cut loose their animals for a drink of water on the Sabbath, why can he not cut loose from her affliction this woman who, like them, is a child of Abraham and Sarah? The time for grace is always now. Sometimes freedom just can't wait. Freedom, cut me loose. Cut us loose, O oh God, from the pains of our soul, the infirmities of our spirit, the agonies in our body, the broken systems of our cultures. Highland, I am indebted to you for your care and your support while I was away. Your witness on my own quest for freedom prompts me to give shouts of praise and thanksgiving. From what do you need to be cut loose? so that together our shouting might reach the streets outside and the heavens above. How like God to give us the freedom to dream of a different world, a world where healing brings hope and peace. At the close of her sermon, which I referenced at the beginning, Barbara Lumblad gives us the freedom to, quote, conceptualize a different world. Healing, she proclaims, comes even when a cure never does. Together with Jesus and our earnest commitment to being a thinking, feeling, healing church, 
May we give witness to the stand-up health and vibrancy that is life in God's kingdom. And so as we close together, I invite you to take your bulletin and turn to the cover. And we are going to share in Beyonce's words together. Freedom, freedom, I can't move. Freedom, cut me loose. Freedom, freedom, where are you? Because I need freedom too. Amen.